Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day listeners. Oh, quick off the mark today. Look at you go. Happy Friday. Speedy. Happy Friday. Never have I been so pleased for a Friday. Ooh, you've had a pretty big week, haven't you, Coxie? <laughs> it's been an interesting week. It's been a different week. I I, uh, I didn't know what I didn't know until I didn't realise that I didn't know it. Mm. You've been hanging out with some little people this week. I have, and I had forgotten just how challenging that can be. <laughs> and uh, Auntie Shh is uh, now free of said little people and no needs doesn't no longer needs to shh every five minutes whilst trying to do tasks in the house. I had just forgotten how energetic kids are. And, you know, having older kids means that they sort of get to 14 and they begin to sloth and they don't do much more than sloth for the next 10 years. So it was a bit of a rude shock for me. Auntie shush. Auntie shush. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. But it's not the only reason you've had a big week. We've we've had an interesting week here at Tradies in Business. I think and, uh, actually we've never had an interesting week quite like this one. No, unfortunately, but also I guess not surprisingly. And I mean, when you're as as famous and widely known as we are at Tradies in Business, <laughs> you're bound to have a few run-ins with people. Um, but it got us thinking, and we were chatting about this before we hit record on today's episode, which, sorry that we forgot to tell you that this is a fuck it Friday, and there it is again. Um, <laughs> so if you got if you got kids around, well, maybe you don't care. Uh, I'm being a bit presumptuous there, aren't I, Coxie, that just because you've got kids around, you wouldn't want to have us saying fuck on the podcast? I guess so. I, uh, I always appreciate the warning, though, however. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to say fuck a lot more today. Um, so you should probably uh, get rid of the kids. Yes. <laughs> or the mother-in-law or whoever it is. Uh, but we actually wanted to remind you that you don't have to work with assholes. <laughs> I couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> oh, and gosh. We've been talking a lot of late about... I guess being a bit more selective about the people that you work with in your trade business. And Coxie and I had a bit of an experience this week with with someone that highlighted that and um, probably just wanted to remind you of that fact, that you don't have to work with people just because they ring you up. <laughs> That's a good point. And you don't have to work with people. You know, you get that funny feeling in your tummy. And we never talk about this with trade business owners, but we really need to. You get the funny feeling in your belly that something's just not quite right or they're a little bit off or, oh, I think this person might be a little bit difficult to deal with. That feeling, don't ignore it because that feeling will be 100% correct 100% of the time. It, it might take a little bit longer for that feeling or the, uh, what's the word, confirmation of that feeling to come to fruition, but it damn well will. So my encouragement to you today is... If you have any of those customers that feel a little bit icky, a little bit wrong, a little bit not quite right, they're not right. Let them go. Let somebody else have them. Pass them on to the keeper. Mm. 
Because they just they end up being I learned learned or just came across this whole idea of um, energy uh, takers. Oh my lordy! Years ago, and some people are just takers. They just keep taking from your reserves. You know, they're, they're constantly withdrawing from your bank account. Yes, your personal bank account. <laughs> Well, not so much your personal one. <laughs> no, your emotional bank account. Yes. Well, you. I sorry, I didn't clarify my. Oh, I was thinking money. It's like, geez, I didn't give you my pin. Oh well, I've got your pin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but they they do. They just keep withdrawing, and uh, and some of those people actually get into debit, hmm. uh, and I think that's when it's time to um, to revoke their access to your emotional bank account. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of us do have that gut feeling, like you said, Coxie. Yes. And sadly, a lot of us don't act on it. Do you know the other thing that we don't seem to understand is that you can terminate a relationship at any point that works for you. If it's just not happening for you, you can say, I'm sorry, but this isn't going to work moving forward. Now that might be complicated if there's contracts, et cetera, involved, but there's still ways in which you can... Uh, step aside from those or or put an end to those or put an end date that's soon by in place. But you don't have to be locked and loaded and ready to roll with that person forever. You can actually walk away from something that isn't right when you finally are sure that it's not right. Mm. I wonder why we still allow those people to, to, I don't know, bully us or scare us. Uh, I think it's I think it's our fault that that happens. Yeah, I agree totally as an individual. But um, I wonder why so many of us struggle with this concept of of saying no to others. It's a good question, and it's probably there's a lot of different layers to saying no. I guess, um, and it can be difficult to say no to your husband when he looks overwhelmed. And yes, I'll take on another job. So you're not feeling quite so overwhelmed or it can be difficult to say no to the children or it can be difficult to say no to a client or a business partner or an ongoing relationship uh, partner through business. Um, But there can be varying levels of saying no and it might be no, I'm not going to do that job or no, I'm no longer willing to work with you or no, I'm not taking on another job husband. You're going to have to figure that one out for yourself. Because we want to make the waters smooth, and I think we often we don't value our own. Um, I think self worth is too big a point here, but we're not valuing our own time. We're not valuing our own stresses and uncomfortableness, and the things that might lead us to say no in the first place. Mm. Yeah, I feel like some of it comes from fear as well. That it, it really is just this. Um, desperation to take on everything that comes up. And I, I wonder sometimes if it comes from fear that there might not be another opportunity um, or that, you know, what if there's no more work uh, coming in, you know, like this could be the last inquiry I get, mm. um, which so far in – more than a decade of doing this job of of working with business owners, I haven't seen that happen to, well, geez, I reckon I could count on one hand the number of people that have actually experienced that. And it's been 
a whole bunch of factors that lead to it. It's not just like all of a sudden the tap turns off. No. Um, So I think it's that fear. But then I think tradies in general, especially the guys, and I'm not saying the wives aren't nice, but a lot of tradie guys just seem to be too bloody nice, too soft. I I totally agree with that. They put (laughs) everybody else's needs before them. And I think they're taught that right from the very beginning too, though. I I don't know that it's just – I think it's twofold. It's part of who they are. And it's a lot of what leads them to be tradies in the first place. And then secondly, mm. they're taught that right from the beginning of their apprenticeship. The customer's always right. Well, yeah, it's like that's the sales tool. The sales tool is just to jump whenever anybody says jump. Yeah. And that's how you get work is you just race around like a headless fucking chook doing everything for everybody, discounting your price in the process, quoting everything that comes across your desk, and that's the secret to a successful business. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> it's a great fast track to burnout. It's yeah, it's a recipe for a breakdown and a break up or some other sort of break. Mm. Uh but yeah, it's it's I guess I really wanna say you don't have to work with everybody and that is not the model for a business. It's really not. <laughs> not for a business. Full stop. That's the entire no. sentence. It's not the not model for, for a business. But saying no is actually um, – saying no is a really simple way to transform your business. It's is, something – sorry. No, that's no, okay. There, there is a bit of lag this afternoon. It's cloudy, rainy, and six degrees where I am. So Such a generally that place. affects the internet for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, saying no – can really transform a business. And we've seen some just do an absolute backflip in terms of profitability and time, just the amount of time that they get back by starting to say no to the wrong opportunities, the wrong staff, the wrong customers, the wrong, I don't know, architect that wants you to quote on the 73rd job this month because they just need another price to submit. It's, it's, Hard to say no to those, but it's such a powerful way to get control back over your business. It is, and it gives you the time in your business to chase the yes. Mm, You don't have to be stuck in the no. And, you know, when you have those doubts or that worry or the fear, what if I don't get any more uh, phone calls? Well, you now have time to go out and chase the phone calls down. Or what if I don't hear from that architect again? Great clearly wasn't right for you if he was getting 73 quotes in a month. How about mm. go out and uh, create some new relationships with some other architects or real estate agents or builders. better ones, yeah. ones that fit you better. Insert uh, pathways here. But the point of that is that saying no, not only does it give you the control of your own business and create opportunity in your own business, it cre- gives you the time to go out and chase down those yes opportunities instead mm. of the no's and being bogged down in that horrible, icky, shitty feeling that is so often what should have been a no. Yeah. And I reckon I reckon a lot of you listening to this, you know when you should have said no. Well, that yeah. was weird. Um, and down the track, it's like, damn it, I knew I shouldn't have taken on this job. I knew I shouldn't have gone raced out this afternoon to do that quote for that old person because they've just used me to shop around. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Coxie, I think the reason people keep doing this, and 
I've been guilty of this over the years. Oh my gosh, I've I've said yes to so many dumb things in business. But I think sometimes it's because we don't know how to say no or we don't have the other things in place to replace the people we should have said no to. Great point, Warwick. Look at you flying <laughs> in on a fucking Friday. <laughs> That's a great point. You don't have to actually say the words no. You can yeah. say, sure, I could pop on out to do that quote this afternoon. However, it's going to cost you $500 for me to do so. Mm. Or, um, sure, I could put that extension on your house in six weeks instead of 12. However, it's going to put another $80,000 onto the price. Or, uh, yes, I could most definitely run that extra PowerPoint for you today. However, it's going to cost an extra $150 uh, because I need to push out my other clients. You don't have to directly just say no. You can say yes, but, which is no. Mm. Yeah, and I, I actually I had a conversation with one of our tradepreneur clients about this this morning because he's, um, he's under the pump. He's got lots of work on, which is great, and it's it's probably a bit manic <laughs> in his business. <laughs> and uh, we talked about this concept of, of um, well, his one action for the week was to not take any new bookings for, for this week. Mm. Um, and so, because he's already fully booked, so he's got to book him into the next week. And he said, yeah, okay, I can do that. So what do I do? Just say, Look, I can't do it this week. I'm fully booked. I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa no, 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 no! Don't say it like that." And and it's what you were just referencing, Coxie. Mm. There's a way to say no without actually saying no. And and I actually want to take what you were saying, Coxie, and and just give it an even bigger injection of of positive love, <laughs> and get our listeners to write down two words, two three letter words. Yes, and. <laughs> and I think we've talked about this before. I can't remember. Um, I talk about it a lot. Yes, and that'll be $800 for us to come and do the quote this afternoon. Mm. Or yes, and whatever the, the condition is, right? Nobody likes hearing no, and you don't want to get the reputation. And I think this is a big fear for people and certainly stuff that's been shared with me by way of feedback that people are afraid, tradies are afraid to say no because then they get a reputation as the guy that said no. Yeah. And it's like the invitation to the, the boys' fishing trip. If you say no once, you don't get another invite. Yeah. So you've got to say yes or you never get to go. And you can say yes. Yes, and. Mm. Yes, and my wife is coming with me. <laughs> That'll go down well. <laughs> so I, I feel like it's just getting better at how you uh, control your own time. It's You don't have to say no. You're saying yes. Yes, I can do that quote for you. It'll be next week. How does that fit with you? And you put it back on the prospect or the customer. Yeah. Instead of you, the one, you're the one who's feeling bad or feeling like you're letting people down. It's like, you know that you're busy. You know that you do a great job. You know that you're popular. You've got lots of repeat business. That's fantastic. It's a surprising number of people will actually wait for businesses like yours if that's your business. 
Oh, it's ridiculous. We have an armbrace that's what booked out four weeks in advance at a, at a minimum and is regularly pushing out to five and six weeks and the client's happy to wait. Yeah. I waited, uh, I think it was four months for a dermatologist many years ago when I was having some skin issues. And uh, they were referred to me. They were apparently the best in the business, best in the area. And there was a four-month wait. So you walked around with a festy skin rash for four months waiting for one uh, skin doctor. Made it really hard to travel on public transport, just constantly <laughs> scratching myself. <laughs> but but it was like, well, you know what? I've been told you're the best in the business. No one else has been able to help me. Um, I guess I'll wait four months. Mm. And here's a tip. You can do a bit of work in your pre-process, i.e. your sales process beforehand to educate people that you do have a long wait time because you are the best in the business and you like attention to detail and perfecting the job. So you might have to wait a little bit longer or the job might take a little bit longer. Mm, there's yeah. an idea. You can educate them before. Yeah. You have right. to even get to the know. You've already told them. So you're talking about marketing and a sales process, Coxie. I am. I really didn't want to go back there today because you know what? It's Friday. <laughs> Fuck it. Nobody wants to listen to that shit. Broken record. All right. Well, we'll leave that alone. But but seriously, stop fucking feeling like you need to work with everybody and don't whinge about it. No. Don't complain about it because you've created that scenario yourself. Yes. I totally take ownership for the scenario we went through this week. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was partly my fault. <laughs> Well, I'm going to take ownership for it because that makes me feel like I was in control. <laughs> well, I was going to say, as business partners, we can own it jointly. Let's own it. <laughs> we can hold hands as we skip through the fuckery of dealing with that one. <laughs> Will there be tulips? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are a lot of daffodils growing in my yard, so it's it's quite lovely. It would be pretty on your cold and rainy six-degree day. No, thank you. <laughs> Out in my tropical backyard where it's yeah. 22. Yes. So uh, there you go, listeners. I hope I hope there was some useful um, pokes in the eye in there for you. If you if you're feeling a bit fired up after that, then that's great. Uh, I, I like to poke you in the brain box and and get you thinking a bit differently. Short circuit some of that bullshit stories that you tell yourself. It is the purpose of some of these episodes. Not all of them. Well, I actually would like you to take a learning out of all of them but particularly our friday episodes are either a big whinge which is really a lesson in disguise or as a poke <laughs> in the brain which is another lesson in disguise now if you want to get more of us um you know where to find us we're not going to do the big pitch on a fuck it friday um just go to the facebook group go to the facebook page we post our stuff everywhere to make it easy for you to find if you're in the the space where you're ready for something else, um, hit us up and uh, we can point you in the right direction. But, yeah, find us on Facey and uh, and the website, which is currently going through a bit of a revamp, which is kind of exciting. Um, but, yeah, all the info's there. Lots of resources for you to get you started on making some change. But don't just complain about it. Do something about it. Yes, be proactive. Don't be whingy. Oh, and have a great Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> See you for drinks, anybody, this afternoon from the trade desk or the drawing board. Talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.